Giants fans, thank you for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. So I have a special guest here today, and his name is Kyle. Uh, so he's here to do the beer of the episode with me, and we're going to drink something called Dogfish Head 120-minute IPA, and we're going to give it a rating. So we're going to find it on untapped because we're going to keep going with that whole thing. And let's look at it. So it's got an average rating of 4.24. Yeah, it's not a twist, Kyle. Nice try, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's open these bad boys up. Kind of like normal. You know, we're still going to do the rating based off of the initial taste. And we'll go from there. So cheers, Kyle. Cheers. Thanks for joining me for the beer of the episode. Thanks for having me. Label out. That's a good finish. So this is an Imperial India Pale L. It's a 120-minute IPA from Dogfish Head. What's the percentage of this bad boy? Delicious. Well, that's not a percentage, but I don't think it actually says on here. Tastes good, though. I mean, this is actually – I got these in, I think, November of 2020. So these have been sitting around for a little while. Um, let's do one more taste, honestly. Okay. Just to get a good – do you know what you want to rate it right now? Based off your initial taste, was it uh, so one through five, right? Yep. From and you can do and you can do percentages or not percentage, but you know, like four like point two four. Points. Yeah. yeah. Point four point two four is its rating on on tap right now. Okay. Let me take one more sip. One more sip. It's a damn good beer, man. I mean, this is my first rating ever, so. I hate to go high on it. I know what I'm giving right now. I'm probably going to go like 3.8. Oh, that's a pretty low rating. I think that's a pretty good rating. I mean, if it's out of five, 3.8's a great rating, you know. Um, I don't want to go as high as four. <laughs> I'm going 4.5 because wow. for me, Dogfish had 120-minute IPA. It's something that I've always – every year I look forward to this beer. So this is a beer like every year it's released. I usually try to save a couple of beers. It's just, it's a good beer. So I'm going high. Difference of taste, I guess. Yeah. Four yeah. or five. So what are you, what are you going with? I'm going to go a solid three, eight. And that's a great score, by the way. I mean, if you're going it is one through score, five, yeah. it's, you should be proud of your beer. And three, eight is a good, it's above average beer. I would say at least average is three, five. So. Well, average on untapped is 4.24. So. Okay. You're a little. <laughs> well the more beers i taste what, what is your beer of choice though because i think that has a a play in this like for me like i'm double ipa i'm triple ipa i'm ipas in general new england style ipas yeah i mean i like brown ales i like amber ales um ipas are good um double ipas i'm just kind of getting into I really haven't ventured into a triple IPA. My father likes triple IPAs a lot, but I have a triple IPA downstairs. I'd be willing to try it. Okay. Next next episode, maybe we'll do uh, Industrial Arts. I think it's Impact Wrench is the triple IPA that I have here. Yeah, I mean, so I would definitely do that. We'll do that. So, any final words based off the beer? Um, you know, Dogfish has definitely got it going on. I like their beers. I like their brewery. Love to visit someday. Have you been there? I have not. I think it's it, – is it in New York? I thought that it was actually in New York, but I could uh, It's be Delaware. It says brewed Delaware. and bottled, and, yeah, I was going to say it's in Delaware. Uh, my bachelor party was in Delaware. Oh, oh no. Was, was I invited no, to that bachelor party? It was party? in Delaware. Oh, I can't mind too. yeah. <laughs> it was in Vermont. Some bad blood right there. <laughs> it was in Vermont, and you weren't invited, so no. Oh, yeah. How was your wedding? I didn't know you then. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you then. So, fuck. <laughs> Tough crowd. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up and pretend this didn't happen. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll have to do the industrial arts impact wrench maybe next week. Yeah, maybe in the afternoon. Maybe in the, maybe in the evening. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Saigon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so that was the beer of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to it. A little different than normal, but it was honestly a blast to have Kyle on and you know have someone to kind of do that with. And I think... As long as he wants to, I think I'll probably have him on again. I actually had the video of that too, and I think I may upload the video because it's kind of fun. You know, it, it, I think it's a little bit um, more enjoyable to kind of watch watch everything. Um, so I'll, I'll put that on, on YouTube, and I think we're going to jump right into 
the other guest that I have, which is Emperor Mera. And he and I had a good long talk about the 2018 draft. We went a little bit into the free agency and draft for this year, but we didn't we didn't dive too much into that. Mainly our, our focus was the 20, 2018 draft. So let's get right into that. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. So I have a special guest on with uh, Only a Giant today. I want to uh, welcome Emperor Mara on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Appreciate for the invite, Mike. Yeah, not a problem at all. So let's just jump right into it. 2018 draft. It's kind of been a hotly debated topic lately on Twitter. It's kind of kind of been crazy, actually. Um, <laughs> let's get right into it, though. Giants pick two. You know, Baker Mayfield went pick one. Pick two, it's Saquon Barkley. Uh, what did you think? Where were you? Did you think we were going to go somewhere else? Um, for that pick, it's crazy because I really wanted Josh Rosen in that draft. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you look at what happened since then, I'm glad that I didn't get what I wanted. But I, was, I wasn't I was upset. I know there were some player people who were upset with the Saquon Barkley pick. But I wasn't upset. I was just glad that we besides Orleans Dorkwell, we didn't have, we didn't really have a really good running back for a while, right. and I knew everybody knew that Saquon Barkley was a generational talent. So it was really hard, even if you didn't agree with the pick of a running back, it was really hard to not be happy with that pick. But of course, since then he had I mean he had a phenomenal rookie season. He had um, one rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And unfortunately, he tore his ACL back in um, that week two game against the Bears. Yep. Um, you know, when it comes to running backs, it's hard to know, if, especially with your ACL. That's that's a, bar, a vital part of your body that we need in order to be successful in the game. So it's still we got to see how he's going to come back and how he's going to just attack back on the field coming back from the surgery. So you said you wanted Josh Rosen. What do you think he got a fair shake in Arizona? Do you think he is as bad as kind of what he has shown? I, I just feel like he never really had a chance. You know, he had Steve Wilkes for a year, and then mm-hmm. you know the new coach comes in, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. And do you think he, you know, on a better team, on you know, just a, a better offense? would he have fared better and be in a league right now as like a starting quarterback? Or do you think he is where he should be right now? Um, I agree with you. I think he didn't get a really good shake in the league. I sort of feel like the situation that Josh Rosen was in with the Cardinals is the same situation that Sam Darnold is in with the Jets right now. Yes. Because he comes in. I mean, I mean, yeah, he comes in. He's with a new head coach coach then his head coach leaves Steve Wilkes I don't even think honestly I don't even think Steve Wilkes got a good fair shot I agree the there too honestly yeah <laughs> but yeah it was he came in underneath his one system and automatically for whatever reason they got rid of Steve Wilkes um they bring in this new guy new offensive scheme new everything and they just the new regime that was over in the cards just decided you know what we want to move on with someone else which I I also think is going to be the same case with Sam Darnold too but yeah, that's how I feel about that. So were you in the thought of, of trading down at all with this pick? Or oh, no. did you want a quarterback other than Josh Rosen? Or did you want Rosen at two? Um, I wasn't in a trade down committee for that 2018 <laughs> draft. Um, I, I wanted to stay here at number two. Because uh, I knew we really needed, because I knew that Eli Manning was coming close to his end I knew that he wasn't going to I know most likely he wasn't going to retire going into that 2018 season but I knew that he was his end was coming soon and we need to find his prede- his um, predecessor so I wanted to just stay there and I was I wanted the Giants to go ahead and get a QB but at the same time if they didn't I also understood I came to this understanding it was either the Giants pick a QB or Saquon Barkley and I was going to be okay with either and so they didn't get a QB and they got Saquon Barkley because obviously at the number two pick, that was a, it was either you got whatever, the only QB, the only thing you're missing out on was a QB, which is what the Jets took with um, their number one overall pick in that draft. 
And so the only when it came to our pick, we'll only be missing out on one QB. And so we, everybody, Sam Darnold was a consensus. And so I knew that Tim Darnold was probably going to be out of the question. So I was like, okay, Josh Rosen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was interested in Josh Allen, I would say, but I also, I didn't feel comfortable with him mm-hmm. either. Yeah. And I have a, a theory with, with Saquon Barkley, and I really strongly feel that we weren't drafting just a generational running back at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think we were drafting someone that was going to take over the limelight, the star power of the New York football giants for Odell Beckham. I think they, they were looking at and seeing everything that was happening with him. Right. And they just wanted a different face of the franchise. So not only was it a generational running back, but it was someone that could take that star power and handle it mm-hmm. and prepare the Giants for not having not having Odell Beckham. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I feel like you're absolutely correct because not it's they don't talk about it enough. But on top of drafting Saquon Barkley, not only did the Giants get a generational talent, but they also got a real leader in a locker room. So exactly. like a real leader on and off the field. And that's exactly what Saquon is. Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that he was popping a weekly before he had his surgery yep. <laughs> earlier this in the season, this last one. But overall, Saquon Barkley has been a, a true leader for the Giants. He has. He has. Now, at the time, I was pretty much pro Saquon Barkley at two. But I was also in the trade down category a little bit. Like, I felt like we just we weren't quite there. We needed more talent. So if we traded back, I would have been absolutely fine with it. And my two targets for trading back was Quentin Nelson and Mm -hmm. Roquan Smith. Those were like the two players I really wanted in this draft. If we were to to trade back, hopefully, you know, we get one of them. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? No, I really like Quentin Nelson going into that draft too. Um, If we would have traded down, I would have, I knew um, going into that draft that, I didn't want the Giants to go ahead. I didn't want the Giants to trade down. I wanted them to take either a QB or a Saquon Barkley, like I said earlier. And I knew that one of their second pick, I wanted them to go ahead and take an offensive lineman to go along with to protect Eli or whatever the new QB would have, would have been. Right. And um, Saquon Barkley, if they chose him. And so um, I really liked Quentin Nelson. I looked at his tape a lot. And if a Giants would trade down, I would absolutely wanted Quentin Nelson. And what was the other player you said? Uh, Roquan Smith, the inside linebacker. Oh, Roquan, yeah, yeah, Roquan Georgia. Smith's been a good guy for the um, the Bears. Yeah, I I wasn't really focused on getting a linebacker because I, I really felt like the Giants had. I thought twenty eighteen was that the year that they went they got Ogletree, right? Yes, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. You see, I was. I thought I that Ogletree was going to actually. But you said what? I have a comment about that, but go ahead with, with the whole part. <laughs> I thought that the Giants were set at linebacker from that free agency. So I wasn't really high up on, on linebackers in the draft. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I get frustrated with I, I, the Giants fans, I guess, in general, that want to just hate on uh, – uh, Gettleman, I don't know how you how you feel about Gettleman. I'm not going to sit here and say that I love him. I don't. Right. But I think he has done some good things and he has done some bad things. But the bad things, at least I feel like he has always been willing to move on. You know, he doesn't just stick to these bad contracts or he doesn't stick to players mm-hmm. that just aren't working. He's willing to cut. Um, my thought with that, though, is like, yes, Ogletree wasn't perfect. You know, I was excited about getting him. Yeah. Nothing else at the linebacker position, I feel like at that, at that time, I, I could be wrong, you know, and off the top of my head, I can't really think of who our starting linebackers were at that time, mm-hmm. but it was kind of a situation where we really didn't have anybody. We had money to spend. We didn't really give up that much draft wise. I think we gave up like a fourth or something like that. So I right. wasn't against it. And even after the fact, like now, I still think it was a, a fine trade, but people just are willing to roast or something when, exactly. when we just didn't have, any other options that's the same with Solder you know we weren't going to try Eric Flowers out you know in in the first week one that couldn't happen you know so that's kind of why Solder was kind of forced into that situation I feel like or Gettleman was forced right um so just going off of what you're saying um I kind of have like really mixed thoughts about David Gettleman 
Um, I will acknowledge that he has made some mistakes in the past and he's acknowledged it. When he, I think his first season with the Giants, his first two seasons with the Giants, I was really frustrated with him because he refused to acknowledge the mistakes. But then I forget, maybe it was 2018 or 2019, um, back in January, he admitted, we, hey, I thought we were ready, but we're not. We're going yeah. to read. And basically he said that we were going to rebuild. And I, he got a lot of major props for me for that. But the one thing that I can't get over is the whole OB, the OBJ um, nonsense. He straight up told us the fan base. He told the beat reporters, as he was talking to us, the fan base. He said, "I was, I am not. We signed him, so we're not going to trade him." Right. And my whole big thing is honesty. I mean, and I understand that it's a business, and he has to do what he can to get what he can get from other teams. But like, don't sit there and tell us these blatant things, and then go back on your word. Because yeah, then you just don't say anything it, at that point. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, I was just like, I'm not going to fall for anything else that this guy says, because that was, I remember that day clearly, that was just a total, just, that was just a brain blast to me. It was. Where were you when, when the trade went down, when you found out? <laughs> I was actually, happened? Playing, I was playing some um, rec sports with my friends here at college, and I'll, I'll never forget, I, was, I finished my rec game. And I picked up my phone and my backpack and stuff, heading back to our apartment, and I got the notification. I ran so fast back to my apartment, <laughs> and it was right there on the TV screen. And I remember, I think it was Dean Blandino or Andrew Silciano. Uh, he said, I am not joking. This is for real. The Giants have traded. Because, <laughs> you know, they had all every single offseason since Odell was on the Giants. They had all of those trade reports to the Rams, look at him to the Patriots, every single team in the league. Yep. And <laughs> that was just a surprise to me. It was a surprising situation, I think. You know, he did, you know, Gettleman kept coming out saying that, you know, we aren't trading him, we signed him. But it always felt weird. You know, it, it always, there, there was smoke, clearly. And, there, you know, usually when there's smoke, there's something happening. Right. And, yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I couldn't believe I remember, it. I remember there was a lot of people, including me, that were frustrated. And we were like, we just, wait. So we're like, they traded for Jabril Peppers in that part of that deal. And I remember saying, like, I hope that Dave Gilman met Miles Carrot and they shoved him Jabril Peppers. And he just didn't look to see the check. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like, I just felt like we lost that trade. But since then, Jabril Peppers has been a a stud for us. Yes, um, he has. He's taken a. Um, he was um, towards the end of the season. He took a little step back, um, but I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back. Just like the next player in a draft, I think we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So next, we'll get into the second round, and Giants have the second pick in the second round, and they draft Will Hernandez out of uh, was he out of UTEP, I believe, right? Yep, correct. UTEP. Yep. Okay. So. At that moment, I think Cleveland took Austin Corbett right before that. Just a couple notable players that were taken right after that. Nick Chubb, mm -hmm. Darius Leonard, Braden Smith. I mean, quite a, quite a bit of uh, talent in the second round. And right. I don't know how you feel, but Will Hernandez, I like him, but I just have no idea what's going to happen with him. And I feel the same way, too. Um Will Hernandez, I was absolutely happy when we got that pick. I was so fact, pumped, yeah. Yeah, I think when the Giants came to that 34th pick, I just knew it was going to be Will Hernandez based off of all the players that were left still there. And then sure enough, his name popped up, Will Hernandez. Um, I absolutely love Will Hernandez. If um, Besides all the other picks in this draft, Will Hernandez is my favorite, besides Saquon Barkley, of course. Um he started on the because he came into the Giants and he came in ready to play just like Saquon Barkley. Um, but actually, before he um, had to miss games because of his positive COVID diagnosis in his last season, he, do you know that he actually played and started in every single game of his um, NFL career for the Giants? Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, he did. Um, and I was doing some research on his stats um, with PFF. And 
they said, according to PFF, Will Hernandez only had one penalty in 2020. And I think that sounds ridiculous, but he only had one penalty in 2020, and it was a holding penalty. That just blows my mind. How many games did he play in 2020? Do you remember? So he had, he had, um, he played in 13 games total, but he had seven consecutive starts of those 13 games. And it wasn't his, um, his start, his, um, his streak for continuous starts ended with that COVID diagnosis. So, Uh, oops, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. There's, he has a lot of questions going into 2021 because I feel like after, I think that what was the week that he missed? He, yeah, it was week eight against the Bucks. That that was the first game that he missed because of COVID. And that started seeing the Giants really start shuffling around their O-line. And once Will Hernandez came back, there's a lot, just a lot of questions about where was Will Hernandez going to fit into the Giants O-line equation. So what do you look at with him going forward? Is he still a starter on this team? Is he someone that's going to get cut or traded? Or, you know, what's going on? I think that what's going to happen is we all know the Giants um, cap, um, cap casualty situation. We're saying that Kevin Zeitler might be a cap casualty. Yeah. Which I think I think that Kevin Zeitler will indeed end up getting cut this um, free agency. And I think what I think Will Hernandez is going to be worked back into the O line because he is an asset. You don't you don't trade guys like Will Hernandez. Right. He was drafted by the team. And he was he was stellar for the Giants, and like I said before, he he played 13 games this past season, only had one penalty, and he would have probably continued starting on it. I think I believe that Will Hernandez would have continued starting on the O line in that left guard position, if it weren't for the fact that he had started missing games because of COVID. Right. I mean, he's just absolutely dominant, and then he's and then he sticks up for his teammates. You see him; he's willing to get into a fight if somebody messes with Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. I think he absolutely has to be back with his team next semester, or not next semester, next season. <laughs> Can you imagine him and uh, Nick Gates getting in a fight with someone? Bro, it would go down. <laughs> I would feel sorry for whoever got on their side. <laughs> I, I always like to kind of think outside of the box with, with kind of situations like this. And I kind of wonder, do you think that the reason they kind of went with Shane Lemieux the rest of the way is because they just wanted to see what they had in him. They already kind of knew what Will Hernandez was. Yeah. And they really just wanted to get a look at Shane Lemieux to see if he's someone that could fill in for Zeitler if they do cut him. I think that has a lot to do with it, especially going um, towards the end of the season. Um, you know, Shane Lemieux, the, the whole thing with him was that we all knew from the beginning that the Giants went to cross-train him. And that's exactly what they did in practice. And that's exactly what they did when it came for the regular season. They had him pretty much slotted at every position except for center, where Nick Gates was basically the guy the entire time. Right. And I think that has a lot to factor into it. And that we'll see what happens with Will Hernandez, because I think the fate of Kevin Zeitler is going to give us the fate of Will Hernandez. Do you but think overall, Will Hernandez I, is just suffering still with, you know, COVID-related symptoms? Is that possible? You know what? I didn't factor that in either, but that may have been also the case too. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know. What do you, what do you think gut feeling right now going into 2021 week one? Who are, who's our starting line? <laughs> hmm. That's a tough question. Do you think they're all here yeah, right now or do you think? You know, there's going to be someone in free agency or the draft. Hmm. I mean, you got to assume Andrew Thomas is at left. Yeah, you got to assume that. Well, you want me to give you my, what I think about the entire line? Sure. Okay, I'd say at left tackle, we're for sure going to have Andrew Thomas. I am assuming, not even assuming, I'm hoping that Nate Solder is going to retire and give us back some of that cat space. They got to restructure that somehow first, I think. I think if he just retires, like, flat out, it, it's going to hit us hard. Yeah, I mean, they definitely need to get him to restructure and then retire. Yep. Um, at the left guard position, I think we're going to have Will Hernandez there. Nick Gates is going to continue to dominate the center position. Um, 
Shane Lemieux or someone in free agency will be a right guard. And then if they do get someone in free agency for a right guard position, um, I feel like towards the end of the season, we might try to work Shane Lemieux in there. And I think Matt Part is gonna is a lock for that right tackle. I think Cameron Fleming, did Cameron Fleming came in on a one-year deal or two? Yeah, he's deal? a free agent. He's a free agent, yeah. I and mean, I think Matt Part for sure is gonna have that right tackle spot. Do you think there's any chance that Nate Solder restructures and then competes for the right tackle spot? <laughs> I don't think the Giants will give him a chance. No. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I just wonder if, you know, Judge is one of those people that just explores everything, you know. Right. And I'm not saying that Nate Solder is, you know, after missing a year of football, even going to have a chance at that being the case. But it would be interesting to see him at least have a chance to come in and compete and restructure his contract. And if it works out, awesome. If, if not, then, you know, go on your way. I just, I think it would be, it would, it would be smart to at least explore that. Right. And see if there's anything there. I feel like the O-line chemistry right now is just really good overall. Um, I feel like the only reason the Giants will explore that is if they can't find a, an, a financially responsible way for them to do away with um, Nate Soldier's contract in a way that it won't negatively affect the cap space right. that they have. We'll get into the third round in a second, but one other thing I just want to say is, is you're talking about like the team gelling and everything kind of too. Don't you just feel like this team is just different? Like then in the past, like it feels like this team is so much more oh, yeah. well connected and, and it just feels like a team more than I remember since I maybe Coughlin. I don't know. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but it just feels like a team and it's such yeah. a good feeling. Yeah, what Joe Judge has done with the Giants is absolutely amazing. We saw it in practice. Everybody was calling him a hard case because he was making players run laps because they were making mistakes. But we got to see that these players really love Joe Judge and they're sticking to him. Like, they just love the guy. And that's just amazing to see. And you can see it on the team. You can see it when they're talking in the interviews. Like, Logan Ryan, that's his Logan Ryan, man, like, he just loves Joe Judge. And he's, you can even see it, too, because players are coming. They came to the Giants because of that connection that they have with Joe Judge. I, I really enjoy Logan Ryan, just hearing him talk. Yeah, he's same here. such a, a straightforward person, and he's so willing to tell it how it is, you know, and, and right. be a person. And he just he's such a down-to-earth person. I, I just enjoy hearing him speak, and, and he has nothing but good things to say about you know, his time with the Giants so far. And hopefully he's, he's you know, he signed an extension. Hopefully he's here for a while. Yeah, it, it was so great during Christmas Day getting the news of his extension. Yes. It just sucks that he wasn't able to follow through on his text to Tom Brady and meet him in the playoffs. <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's get into round three. So round three, the Giants actually had two picks. We mm-hmm. drafted Lorenzo Carter with the 62nd or sorry, 66th pick, which is the second or third. And then we went for B.J. Hill at pick 69. So let's start with nice. Lorenzo Carter. How how we feeling about that? It really sucks that, you know, he's our second person. I just I didn't realize this until I was going through my stuff. Both the people who tore their ACLs were in this draft. Yeah. Not, yeah, or just had the season-ending injuries, I should say. Carter and Barkley, yeah. Yeah, so Carter ruptured his Achilles in his left foot week five in that match against Dallas where also Dak went down. And he had five games, five starts, one pass defense, one sack, 15 combined tackles, and four QB hits. I really thought watching him this past season that he was becoming an emerging pass rusher. But unfortunately, we didn't really get to see that develop with the, you know, the injury that he sustained that kept him out for the rest of the season. Um, Yeah. Do you think that he can come back and be that dominant player? I still think he can. Yeah, I do too. And um, I'll say that he was just, he was like always in in the QB's faces. Uh, um, Just overall, I just feel like he can definitely be that guy. And he'll get more opportunities, too. I don't think the Giants are going to be re-signing Kyler Fackrell. I'll be surprised if they do. And if they do not, 
I can only imagine that the snaps that were given to Fackrell those are going to be coming back to Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, I mean, I hope they bring back Fackrell. Him and Blake Martinez are like best friends. Mm-hmm, and yeah. that's the reason he came here. I don't want Kyler Fackrell to come back and be a starter, but I think he's someone that can rotate in very well and right. you know make mm-hmm. plays on this defense. But that's where we need Lorenzo Carter. We need O'Shane Zimenez and Maybe we need some more young guys on this, on this, you know, in the linebacker room, edge rusher, whatever you want to call them. Right. So next pick is BJ Hill for the Giants in the third round defensive tackle out of NC State, I believe. And yeah. I mean, he has a chance this year, I think, to kind of come in and, and potentially replace Delvin Tomlinson if that happens. What are your right. thoughts? Ooh. BJ Hill's um yeah BJ Hill is my third favorite player from this draft class he had an absolutely dominant um rookie year broke the Giants record for rookie sacks and then just from there I don't know what happened it was, um between him between Pat Shermer and Joe Judge he, he's just become the vic- his um stats have suffered from being a victim of a oversaturated D-line and it's just he's not getting the playing time like he was getting his rookie year. Yeah. And for that reason, I really think the Giants should just trade him. I think that there's a lot of teams that could really use his talents. He's not getting really used around here. But at the same time, I realized that his fate with the Giants for going into this next season is going to be directly tied to the Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson saga. It certainly will. Yeah, that, that's a, a very valid point. It's tough looking at this draft, especially this round, the third round. Mm-hmm. I know I, I'm, I've always, I hate that the Giants never have an emphasis on linebackers. So for me, looking at this draft and you see Fred Warner go the pick after BJ Hill, <laughs> you see Jerome Baker go to the Dolphins from Ohio State just a little bit after that as well. And those are two guys that are still playing well in this league. They're good, good players. And it just, I like BJ Hill. I just I would have went Fred Warner. I would have went Jerome Baker. That's so easy to say in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but at least now it seems like we're focusing on the linebacker position a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And trying amazing to amazing what those um seventh round rookies did this year. Um yes. Mr. Relevant too. Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder. I mean, who would have thought that Mr. Relevant making a big play? That was against the Washington football team, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then <laughs> And Carter Coughlin, too. <laughs> I'm excited about Carter Coughlin, but I'm... I am I'm, super I, excited about him, too. I really do think that he's probably more of a rotational guy regardless. But mm-hmm. I, I think Tay can, can step in and be a starter. And I think he can be right there with Blake and, and help control this defense. Yeah, and every time I think about that, I'm just... I think it's just so crazy how we are sitting here talking about seventh-round picks. These guys are supposed to be out of the league this up- upcoming offseason. Yep. And here we are. We are excited about Mr. Relevant. <laughs> so someone else that was drafted in this third round, which I was really interested in him because he was talked about being in that first to second round, is Orlando Brown, who's a tackle yeah. out of, I believe, Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. he's, on the you know, he's, he's in, the, in the news right now because he wants to be left tackle, and he, he, he thinks he's done with the, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That's someone that, if I remember right, I think he put up like eight reps on the bench press and just kind of slid like crazy after that. Yeah. Let's get into the fourth round pick. And this is kind of a controversial pick. The Giants pick a little bit later in the fourth round. At 108, they take Kyle Laletta out of Richmond. Yeah, Kyle Laletta, <laughs> um, the speedy speedster of the Giants. <laughs> I, you know, this pick, I I knew that when, as soon as the Giants picked um, Loletta that he wasn't going to be the guy. I mean, and then after that speeding incident, I was just like, yeah, this is a, he's gone. Yeah. There's <laughs> I, mean, really- I, I will say this, though. Um, Kyle Loletta was a, one of the Senior Bowl MVPs. Yep. And I don't know if you remember the other two Senior Bowl MVPs that the Giants also drafted. Um, well, Daniel Jones is one of them. Correct. And... With a dude right before Laletta. 
man, this is going to bug me because I think I know who it is, but I can't think of it. He's a he's a Giants legend. All right, tell me. Davis Webb. (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. So for three straight years in a row with Giants and not even with the same GM drafted the senior bowl MVP. So 2017 was Davis Webb. 2018 was Kyle Laletta. And the 2019 was Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I, who, honestly, who I was thinking of was Ryan Nassib. <laughs> Ryan Nassib. Yeah, Syracuse guy. I like Nassib yeah. when I like <laughs> the Richmond guy here. Right, yeah. Ryan Nassib was Alex Tanney before Alex Tanney was Alex Tanney. <laughs> <laughs> so so in this this fourth round, was there anyone else? I know I'm kind of throwing you on the spot here. Was there anyone else that you would have looked at and thought this was, was a better option or – were you happy with the pick for the most part? I knew the Giants. Well, the Giants had a trend of always getting some like random QB like in a later round. So I I, I expected this pick to come. Yeah. And I wish it would have been a little bit lower, but at the same time, we didn't have a lot of later picks for this draft. No, so I, think- I knew I knew it was coming. So I was very. I'm, I can't recall any players that were in that fourth round that I was really crazy about but yeah and the Giants are going to draft a QB at some point <laughs> there really wasn't anyone crazy in this round you know Naheem Hines went to pick before and Antonio Callaway went to pick before um Will Disley went a little bit later so he would have been an option oh, yeah, there's different. really nothing that jumps okay. on that you being like oh my god they, they missed this guy you know right so kind of is what it is with that I will also say if the Giants are deciding they want to go ahead and get another Senior Bowl MVP, the MVP for this Senior Bowl was a QB. His name was Kilimon. And then the QB for the Senior Bowl last year was this year's Offensive Rookie of the Year. There you go. Justin Herbert. <laughs> if only he had stayed in school. If only he would have come out of school last year, man. I know. Yeah, Honestly, <laughs> Herbert was someone I really liked a lot. And I, was I like super him bummed. a lot too. He yeah. broke my heart when he decided to go back to school last last season. How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> jerk. He wanted to play football with his brother. I mean, I get it. So whatever. But no, he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? I mean, this is off topic of 2018. But do you think? What are we going to do at the backup position right now? Do you think or that we be- might do something similar for the quarterback position as far as like drafting a developmental guy? Um, I don't know. I was really shocked because I thought the Giants were going to draft another QB and just keep up with the tradition of always drafting useless QBs <laughs> <laughs> in the later rounds. And I was shocked when we did it. So I don't know. Maybe we'll actually return back to drafting these late round QBs. Yeah, maybe. So fifth round, pick 139, RJ McIntosh. Wait, I will throw in RIP to the legend Alex Tanney. Who retired? Yes, trade us and join the Eagles. I, what a jerk, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, good for him. You know, I, I do wonder if if the Giants knew that he was interested in getting into coaching. You know, it just seemed like that's kind of yeah. where he was trending. Good uh, for him, but screw him. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, so RJ McIntosh. Okay, I have. Five words here when it comes to this guy. Why is he still here? <laughs> I really think that I th- like I think we kind of talked about this a little bit off air, but yeah. I really think that they're just he's an option. You know, they they want to mm. see what they have in him. They haven't really seen much yet, and he, he maybe he's gonna flash. I, I don't know. It's such a it's yeah it is so confusing that he's still here, and I don't know what you know what's gonna go what's gonna happen going forward. Like, it's just amazing to me because it's not like this is one it's not like this is one coach his entire career keeping him on the team. Right. This is multiple coaches, multiple defensive coordinators. James Betcher saw, of course, his rookie year, like you talked about off air, he had the hyperthyroidism which kept him out all of his rookie season in 2018. And, but um, he, for whatever reason, James Betcher and Pat Shermer, they kept him on the team. 
he barely I bet he barely played any time in the 2019 season. And then we get this new defensive coordinator in Patrick Graham, who did a stellar job this last season with the defense. And then we um, have Joe Judge and both of these guys, too, decide to keep RJ McIntosh on the team so much that they are not letting him play, keeping him inactive every game, like you were saying earlier, making him a protected practice squad player so other um, teams can't take him. Um, just, I'm puzzled. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. It's it's weird, but they must have some, some plan for him. They must envision him. Maybe he, you know, just need another year in their system to, to kind of get everything figured out and they're going to, you know, let him try to compete this year. And hopefully there's some type of preseason and he can try to earn his stripes there or something, or he's just going to get cut. I was surprised that Corey Ballantine actually got cut before RJ McIntosh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, especially with all the troubles that we're having at the secondary position. Yeah. Well, actually, that's the last actual draft pick I think we have in this draft. Um, I'm not missing anyone, am I? Well, we do have that supplemental player. Who yeah, so that's what I was going to get to next then. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that was the last one then. Yeah, Sam Beal, we, we spent a third-round pick on him in the supplemental draft. And there's been a little bit of rumblings right now with the possibility that, that the Giants might cut him. I don't know why we would do it now, but obviously I'm not there. I don't know what's going on. Uh, was that a good pick? Do you think that's something that we should or we, we regret now? At the time, um, it seemed like a really good thing to draft Sam Beal. Uh you know, they, I can't remember exactly what it was that was said, but it went along the lines that, oh, he was the best, um, they called him the best um, player to go in the supplemental draft in years. Yeah. And so I was all for it at the time. Um, but as we all know, he opted out of the 2020 season. And in the 2019 season, he played six games and had three starts out of those six games. He also had one safety against the, uh, the Dolphins um, against Patrick Laird were running back to the end zone. Yep, yep. But besides that, he hasn't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to make that call. Um, just for how our secondary is right now, I would keep him. And I know that as a supplemental player, I'm, I'm assuming that his salary contract isn't really that big. But um, I would definitely keep him, especially with all the issues that we have right now with the secondary. I would too. And it's just tough because I feel like he had such a golden opportunity this year to come in and, and probably start and really try to earn that number two role. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you opt out and, and you can't fault anyone for opting out. There's so right. many, you know, different reasons for people that, that are doing that. It just sucks. You know, mm-hmm. there's just, you can't blame them for doing it, but you still, you're letting like this golden opportunity to, have a chance to play in the NFL, to be on an active roster, to, to Absolutely. be a starter. And going in um, towards the end of that 2019 season, um, especially after Janoris Jenkins was cut from the team after those comments that he made to a reporter, I think it was a reporter or maybe it was a, to a player, um, Sam Bill started getting a lot of playing time. I think those, those three starts I say he had all came towards the end of that season. Yeah, he was playing well. He was on track to really start coming in and maybe even becoming the starter going into the 2020 season. But he, of course, he decided to opt out. And like you said before, I'm not fault. I'm not going to fault anybody for caring about your health. That's one thing I'll never do, especially as somebody going into school for um, healthcare. But um, as his um, future with the Giants is definitely in doubt from that decision, however, which kind of sucks. I'm kind of hoping that we, there are some good cornerbacks in this draft and, and you can even, you know, in the second, third, fourth round, you can still find some good, some good talent there. Right. But I kind of really want to ride with Sam Beal and Julian Love and let them, let those two battle for that CB2 spot mm-hmm. and see who comes out ahead. I would definitely be down for that. It's a great thing that we were, um, found such a good gem in Darnay Holmes too, for that yes. slot corner position. And even for that outside too. Yeah, I mean, he's versatile. He can play a little bit of everywhere, but, he, you know, he's definitely 
better in the slot. I think he, he didn't allow a touchdown at all last year, I believe, correct? He did, yeah. Yeah. One of the best um, rookie cornerbacks last season. So, okay, so 2018 draft, if you were to grade it, we'll say without the supplemental pick because that wasn't technically part of this draft. Right. Um, what would you grade it? At the time, I would have given it a – I believe I actually did give it a, a solid B. But if you ask me now, overall, I would have to give it a – just a, a solid C. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley is a good pick. Um, a lot of people think that the Giants shouldn't pay him. And honestly, I'm on the train too. Um, it's a shame because I think about Saquon Barkley and before I was just like super excited about that pick. Now I think about Saquon Barkley even more after his um, injury. And I just think about it's crazy because Saquon Barkley might be the last running back to be taken that high in the draft ever. Um He's been great for us, though. He had two straight se- um, seasons, 1,000 rushing yard seasons, and then two straight 1,400 all-purpose yard seasons. He's been – when he's healthy, he's been a monster. But, of course, he tore his ACL in that second week of his last 2022 season. And um, we'll just have to hope – we'll just have to hope and see that he comes back into 2021, um, the monster that he was um, pre his um, ACL um, injury. Um, he had surgery October 30th, too, so he should definitely be ready for OTAs. And hopefully hopefully we have a full offseason this yeah. year so that we can see what the Giants are fully made of. I really hope they do. Week one instead of, like, week five or week eight. Like, we had to wait for it like this last season. So, for me, I'd still give it a B. You know, I think Saquon Barkley still filled the need for what they needed at the time as far as, you know, that kind of star power. Um I also feel like, like, I know he had, he's had two good years, uh, but his rookie year really was the better year, I believe, out of the two. Right. I could be wrong on that. But, like, it's right. still, like, he hasn't reached his potential. And I just hope that isn't something going forward that, like, we just keep saying. Like, he's shown some great flashes, but he just hasn't put it all together yet. I'm, I'm excited with this new staff uh, that maybe they can kind of keep him healthy. Granted, he just had that injury. Um but hopefully going, and, forward, hopefully going forward, he, he can stay healthy. And I do want to say one thing, too, that if you look at and as us as Giants fans, we see what the Giants and their play callers do on the field. It's amazing that, like, with some of the personnel decisions that Pat Shermer and even <laughs> Jason Garrett makes at times that um, – and although I – actually, I will not even say Jason Garrett. It's just Pat, Pat Shermer overall. It's amazing with some of the personnel decisions that Pat Shermer made along with his um, puppet, Mike Shula, um, or should I say figurehead. <laughs> it's amazing that with all of those personnel decisions that Saquon still managed to come out with those big numbers that he did in his first two years in the league. Yeah, Shermer's running game was one of the most frustrating things about Shermer for me. Because yes. it feels like he would just run Saquon up the middle, like run him right up the gut. And I'm like, dude, get him outside a little bit. Get him in some space. Get him the, you know, little swing passes. Do something to get him. And we're just like pounding him up the middle yeah. three times a drive. And then I will never forgive Pat Shermer for that one game against the Eagles. We had the game in our grasp. And then he just decided, you know what? I don't want to run Saquon Barkley anymore in the second half. As a matter of fact, I'm not doing that. I will never forget that game. My jaw was dropped the entire time. He was running so well in the first half and say, Pat Shermer just said, you know what? We're done running. <laughs> Shermer, Shermer's an idiot. I don't know. I understand like maybe he's a pretty good offensive coordinator, although it sounds like some stuff isn't working great in Denver for him right now. But I'm I can't just... believe that the Giants told us he was an offensive genius <laughs> and everything that he did suggested otherwise yeah i mean that was i don't know who who signed off on that obviously the owners did um and mara did or gentleman did but man i just it's so easy you know looking back and and feeling this way but just was ugly 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 ugly. (laughs) so 
that's the draft. Do you want to talk about free agency at all this year, or is there anything in particular you're hoping for? Yeah, I can talk about free agency a little bit. Um, so we know the franchise tag window opened up today. Um, nothing happened because, you know. I thought for sure something would. I thought something for sure would happen too, but I guess these teams are really trying to um, – I guess these teams are really trying to figure out what their cap situations are. We're trying to restructure deals, trying to make up some more cap space so that they can sign some of these players. I know um, a player that a lot of Giants fans are looking forward to is Allen Robinson. Um, I don't think that I, – I think that Allen Robinson is not going to get franchise tagged. I mean, he's been there for a long time, and then he's starting to do this whole thing on Twitter where he's just like, oh, well, actually, he's been doing it for, like, ever. <laughs> People are starting to just now catch on to it. But I don't think the Bears are going to franchise tag him. So do you, do you think he goes to, to a contender? Because that's kind of what it sounds like he wants. Well, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, he wants to go to a contender. And I feel like at the end of the day, I don't know. I feel like he wants to go to a contender, but at the same time, he's going to go when it goes somewhere where he gets a lot of playing time. Right. And I might be sounding a little bit biased, but I am a big fan of Alan Robinson going to the New York Giants. <laughs> I'd be fine with it. I just, I worry that he's going to have such a big contract. And that's the only worry too. There are rumors that he wants to play for a uh, you know contender, and I just don't know if we can completely sell that yet. He's not. Um, if he comes to the Giants, or if he goes anywhere for that matter, he's for sure not taking any type of discount. No, that's for sure. Not. I was getting and, nervous a little bit too because I don't know if you remember him with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it just felt like when he was there, he was in and out of games a lot due to injuries. He mm-hmm. he's had yeah, an injury have an injury history just- there. So, you know, he kind of emerged with the Bears, and obviously he stayed healthy there. But Sometimes all it takes is a change of scenery. Yeah. Anyone else that you're looking for? Is there another wide receiver you hope the Giants target? Um, I will tell you one that I definitely don't want, um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, screw that guy, man. <laughs> yeah. I have no interest in him. Um, I also am interested in – I'm not – I know Giants fans are like Kenny Galladay, but I'm not really on that train, at least not yet. But I do like Corey Davis. Yes. And I actually did see an article that was linking the Giants to Corey Davis. I can't recall the source, though. That's okay. Uh, he's the guy for me that like I want the most for the Giants. I've been, yeah, I've been infatuated with Corey Davis for the Giants since, like, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in the offense that they ran at Tennessee, like, you know, they ran for 2,000 yards. That's that's just one player, too. You know what I mean? And then right. you throw in, uh, in Jones and you throw in um, their tight ends and stuff. Like, he was, like, second, third, fourth fiddle, you know. Or I said Jones. I meant A.J. Brown. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. But I just feel like he was – kind of lost there you know what I mean and he still had a good year he still had almost a thousand yards but I think you know he's that big receiver that the Giants need he's got the speed he's got the size I, I absolutely just think I think he'd fit in perfectly and for, all those, and for all those things that you just said are the reason why I think that he would be a perfect fit for New York Giants also so but of course, yeah no go ahead but of course like a, like we said earlier um, the cap space because of COVID didn't increase as large as we thought it was going to. And the Giants are actually, if they want to sign some players, they're going to find themselves in a pickle. And so we just got to make sure that we re-sign our guys first before we even go and explore the um, possibility of adding a free agent wide receiver to the Giants. Otherwise, I think we'll just have to go through the draft. And if we did go through the draft, who are you looking at? If you could take up for the draft, um, early on, I would have said Jalen Waddle. I was going to wait for the combine, which unfortunately got canceled to make my final um, judgments. But as, as of right now, I'm just going to have to wait for pro days and whatnot just to, yeah. to just finalize what I think. 
but I'm right now I'm sitting I'm sitting with um Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle. I like Waddle a lot. I mean Kyle Pitts I I could be talked into. I just I don't know. He's a that that I like it at eleven, but Kyle Pitts is like an athletic freak of a tight end. He's not just a tight end. He's like a wide receiver. Right. He's like, Evan, he's like think of Evan Ingram, but, with, but on steroids, and he never drops anything. <laughs> That's what I think about. So is, is who, who would you, if you had to choose right now out of the two that you just mentioned, who do you who are you going with? If I had to choose right now based on what's on the team right. now, now, I would have to go with Jalen Waddle. I'll, I'll even rephrase that a little bit. Make one free agency choice out of those receivers, and then make make your pick at, at for the Giants in the draft. <sighs> so, when it comes to free agency and when it comes to a draft. Some people might think this is crazy, but I think that the Giants should. I don't know. I don't care how they do it, but I think the Giants need to come out of this offseason with two top talent wide receivers on the team. Now, that doesn't mean that they both have to be like extremely top tier, like like a top like a top ticket wide receiver in free agency, and then like another wide receiver in the first round of a draft. So I would have to say. Hmm. Corey Davis and Jalen Waddle. I think that's perfect. Like that's to me, that's what I would go for. Obviously, I would never complain about Chase either, but he's just not going to be there. Uh, but I, yeah, do- I like I like Jamar Chase a lot too. But for that same reason, I don't think that he's going to be there at exactly. Yeah. Same same thing with Don- Devontae Smith. Smith, I could if if we took him, I would be happy with it, but. I, I'm really the Corey Davis and Jalen Waddle. I think we need to upgrade the wide receiver position a lot. Mm-hmm. And we need to have the ability to put Shep in the slot and let him put, kind of play all over. But if we, if we get two targets in there, I think it's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that, like, the reason that everyone is talking about why the Giants – oh, the Giants need a better wide receiver. The Giants need to improve their receiving core. This is all a direct correlation with the fact, or, or really an inverse relationship with the fact that Golden Tate just is not living up to his contract at all. No, he's not. And, you know, if he was, we'd probably be asking for like a cornerback in the draft or in free agency, but it's it's just so glaringly awful. The, just his production on the field for the Giants at times, it looked like he was just doing cardio. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I was okay with the signing at the time, especially. I think it, it kind of fit with like getting the narrative off OBJ. You know, I thought yeah. it helped kind of show that you know we're still trying to make moves and still fixing. I was. Things. I'm not gonna lie. I was shocked when I saw his contract. Yeah, I, I was like. That, that the contract that Dave Gettleman gave Golden Tate, that's the type of contract you give a player who's going to a um, team that's guaranteed to make the Super Bowl. Not even guaranteed, at least guaranteed to make playoffs. Right. He paid him like he was, <laughs> like he was going to be the changing factor to um, take us to playoffs, and that just was not the case at all. The good thing, at least, is he made it so that this year we can get out of it if we need to. You know. Correct. And I fully expect Golden Tate to be gone. Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) (laughs) The good thing, especially after free agency last year in the draft, is I think whatever the Giants do, I don't want to sound too Homer-ish, but I really trust what we're building here. I really trust what Joe Judge is doing. And it seems like him and Gettleman have a really good working relationship. So if they bring in a player like, Curtis Samuel, and I'm like, oh, you know, why didn't they go get Corey Davis or whatever? I think, like, I feel like I can trust the decisions they're making right now to right. be, you know, what's good for this team. You know, I totally forgot about Curtis Samuel, but I would totally be fine with Curtis Samuel, too. Dave Gellman has a connection there also. I mean, I like Curtis Samuel, and I would be fine with it. 
you know, he was a converted running back out of Ohio State, I think, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So he's still learning the wide receiver position. And so there's untapped potential there, I feel like. I just, I feel like if we draft or if we sign Curtis Samuel, we seriously need to take a wide receiver still high because he's not that big number one receiver. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like we're still kind of pigeonholed in that with that first pick where if we go get Corey Davis, we go get Allen Robinson or, you know, just one of these, you know, true number one receivers or potentially true number one receivers. We're not pigeonholed in the draft. I absolutely agree. Also going back to what you said earlier, um, I just really like what Joe judges them with the Giants. This team, like you said earlier, just has a whole different aura, just a whole different vibe to it. And I've got to say, and I know it sounds cliche because people hear it all the time, but like I am more excited about the future of the New York Giants than I have been in ever. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people are feeling that same the way. The fervor that Joe Judge has brought to this team is unlike anything that Pat Shermer or even Ben Mikadu brought to the team. Just there's just a whole new belief system and that's been instilled. And I'm ready to like I will literally run into a little wall for Joe Judge because this guy, he just he just gets it. It's exciting too because it, it finally feels like you know we're not quite there yet with the winning aspect of exactly. Things. You know we're doing we're not better. quite there yet, but we are so much closer. Yes. I remember, I think it was two season, two off seasons ago. I told everybody, I said, I feel like, I feel like we're, I feel like we're like in the middle of a hurricane. Like I've been treat like what the Giants have been through. It's been like a hurricane, <laughs> and we had just passed through the eye of a storm. And we were going right into the chaos of it again. I feel like the storm overall is getting ready to pass. And the great days of New York Giants football are coming across us. We're going to finish, I feel like within the next, not even five, but the next two to three seasons, we're going to be finishing with a positive record and we'll be in playoffs. Yes. That is how, that is the Joe Judge effect. And I I think he'll do a good job too with, with changing the culture of this team. He can oh, really yeah, he's sell, already done it. sell his culture to free agents and stuff like that to get them to buy in and want to come play for him. And it's so crazy because I remember last offseason, the whole thing was nobody's going to play for the Giants. Yep. Why, would any, why would any free agent want to come here? And look, we got Blake Martinez. We got James Bradbury. We got Logan Ryan. And those guys are all absolute studs. Do you remember um, the, the guy from Texas, the Texas Longhorn, Sam, Sam Achu, I think his name is? He came out on like NFL Network or something like that and just blasted Joe Judge and said that no player is going to want to play with his hard nose antics, making people run laps at practice and stuff like that. And, and then I just look, look at it now. Yeah. Was that him or was that someone else? I'm trying to remember. His it name. was somebody else. I cannot, I know who you're talking about. It wasn't, it was some guy on ESPN. It was on that show. I think it was on that show, Speak for Yourself. And he had a whole, he had just this whole monologue for it. And it's just like, you look back at things like that and you look at the team now and you're just like, all of that. And you see that it all worked out because the team has a culture there's a system in place. Everybody's believes in each other, and the fan base is all riding with them, ride or die. Yeah, and you just love it. Just it feels good. It's nice. It feels good. It feels <laughs> good to prove these people wrong. Yep. It feels good to be feel good about this team again. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we're gonna you know continue in the right direction. I do think. I don't know how you feel. I think like, I want to say ten is six is the ceiling this year, but I think eight and eight is like a realistic expectation i think how do you feel i feel like eight eight um yeah eight eight or let's see eight 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 seven eight eight or eight seven i would say yeah because as much as i love the vision and everything that's going on with the giants right now we do have an incredibly tough schedule. Yeah, we'll be playing. We'll be playing the Chiefs, 
we'll be playing a Tom Brady who we really should have beat the first time around, but we'll be, be playing a Bucks team that's now got their stuff together even more than the first time that we played them. Yep. It's going to be a really bumpy ride, but if the Giants do all the right, but I just feel like last year there's a lot of games where we finished, where we just weren't finishing up correctly. And so we had a lot of games where we were losing them by like two or three points. If the Giants work on those simple little things, I feel like we can really surprise a lot of people next season. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Only a Giant. Anytime you ever want to come on again, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at, at Emperor Mira on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks again for the invite, Mike. All right, guys. So that was my interview with Emperor Mera. was honestly a blast to sit down and be able to talk with him. I always love following him on Twitter and kind of seeing the stuff that he posts. He's, he's a good follower, so I would definitely go follow him if you aren't already. You can find me on Twitter at onlyagiant underscore 86. I am also on Instagram and the Untapped app, too, if you ever want to get on there and kind of share, share some reviews or, or something like that. I'm always open to new ideas. Thanks so much for joining me, guys, and... Let's freaking go.